You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. With the Super Bowl behind us, the NFL will have nothing to distract fans from the Stephen Ross, Daniel Snyder allegations. Ross has been accused of offering $100,000 per loss to his former coach, Brian Flores. So basically the same thing as fixing games or tanking. And then there's Daniel Snyder. Snyder and the Washington commanders are facing widespread allegations of harassment, again, not the type of image that the league wants. And to make matters worse for the NFL, there are no longer games to hide behind. Because normally the news cycle is, hey, we can talk about it during the week, then there's football games, and then we forget about it. We sweep it under the rug. But between the timing and seriousness of the allegations, this time it could be different for both of these owners because reports are both could be at risk of losing their teams. That would be an interesting first step for the league, but the power that the owners have, it's hard to imagine these two going down without a fight. Also, it's the owners who have to vote to get rid of these two owners. And if that's the case, the NFL offseason could get ugly very fast. And normally in the offseason, we're talking about quarterbacks. Quarterbacks you're going to draft, quarterbacks who are free agents, quarterbacks who could be traded. And here we are with Kyler Murray. You know, on our NFL quarterback bingo card, I did not have Kyler Murray an issue in the offseason. But you have Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, maybe Russell Wilson Jr. the third. Kyler Murray's under contract. He's got another year. Now he's making under a million dollars. I can throw Tom Brady still in the mix because I don't know if it's officially official until later on this summer. And Tom, it feels like, is still leaving the door open. The Buccaneers are still leaving the door open for Tom Brady. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. But Kyler Murray is shaking off the critical coverage. He brought about the critical coverage because he scrubbed his social media accounts and had nothing to do with the Cardinals. This is during the Super Bowl week he decides to do this. Then he says, I play this game for the love of it. My teammates, everyone who has helped me get to this position that believed in me and to win championships. All of this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been, never will be. Anyone who has ever stepped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Okay, well, there's two messages here. Because Chris Mortensen had a report over the weekend that there was some finger pointing with Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray was embarrassed with the playoff loss and that he was being made a scapegoat. Well, somebody has to tell Kyler Murray, this goes along with the territory, the highs and the lows. Every quarterback's the scapegoat. You're the number one pick in the draft. There's expectations. You want a Heisman Trophy. It's not like we go, wow, where'd this guy come from? What a really unique story. No. This is, this is what he signed up for, and he brought about the... If he doesn't scrub his Instagram account, we're not talking about Kyler Murray right now. He wants us to talk about this situation. Now, he can distance himself, but this is what you sign up for to be a starting quarterback, to be a number one overall pick. This is about money. He wants, he wants to get the Josh Allen treatment. Well, he's not Josh Allen. And what's going to happen? Are the Cardinals going to trade him? Do you want Kyler Murray? Are you going to give up three first-round picks and then something for Kyler Murray? And I know, you know, Pro Bowl player a couple of times, rookie of the year, I understand all of those things. Do you want to sign up for Kyler Murray as your franchise quarterback? Do you want to be giving him $40, 45000000 million a year? That's where you got to roll the dice here. 
If you you think he's available, then maybe you knock on their door. Does Arizona want to give up Kyler Murray? I don't think they do. But with this, and yes, there's been talk of Kyler Murray before. You know, I had a source tell me this was prior to the start of this year and uh, talked to somebody in Arizona. And they said, you know, he's not a leader. He doesn't know how to lead yet. And that's really important. And immature was a word that came up. Immature came up in Chris Mortensen's report. Look, Aaron Rodgers has been accused of not being a great leader or being immature. But he's a lot older and he's proven himself. You know, it goes along with the position. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, you've had varying degrees of criticism with Ben as a leader and off the field. I mean, it goes with the territory. I mean, Kyler Murray's not being treated any different than any other quarterback here. We expect greatness out of you. And, you know, when, when all goes, you know, south, then you go, hey, I want to get out of here. I mean, that's not – be a leader. Step up. Why did you scrub your Instagram account? I mean, that's what I want to know. Just tell me that. What, what led you to think, if I do this, this won't create any kind of news headlines? But Chris Mortensen, I trust Mort's report, had a detailed report about Kyler Murray. But he's shaking off the uh, critical coverage. No word on his future. But I'm going to imagine he's probably going to say, hey, you know what? Everything's going to be better. I mean, if he doesn't like Cliff Kingsbury and the play calling, okay, now we got a conversation here. Because I've been critical of Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he's an NFL coach. I mean, he's currently employed as one, but... Everything he does in the first half of the season and then what happens in the second half of the season and not just in the NFL, in college. I mean, this isn't a coincidence. So if he has a problem with that, okay. Seemed like that was a match made in heaven for those two guys. But Kyler Murray's a good player. And I've said that from the beginning. I thought he was a starting quarterback. And, you know, everybody talked about he was too small. I said he can play. He makes plays. You watch him play. But this, this part of it is what concerns me. Be a leader. Step up. Hey, you know, I'm disappointed. Hopefully we make this better. Or if you just say you want out, then say you want out. But to me, it feels like it's Josh Allen got a head start on his contract. I should get that. Okay. Then ask the Cardinals. And they don't want to do it. If I'm the Cardinals, I'm not giving you your contract extension now. Now, he might say, I've earned it. Well, you have a contract. That allows us to get players to build around you. I mean, the Browns are going to wait for Baker Mayfield. Lamar Jackson. You know, you can get a head start on this. Buffalo decided they were going to get a head start with Josh Allen. You know, I would would let this play out this year, and I wouldn't even be sold. I'm going to give him a long-term. I want to know, are you a leader? Are you the guy who's mature? Are you going to be the guy that we can count on? Next year's his fourth year. But this nonsense started because he created the nonsense here. Rookie of the year, two Pro Bowls. But this is the first time the Cardinals made the playoffs this year. And being a scapegoat, just ask every quarterback who's ever played the position. At some point, you get a lot of blame. You get way too much credit and way too much blame. That's what goes along with the territory. 
By the way, Rams fans got a new T-shirt to celebrate your championship available in the store at danpatrick.com. This program brought to you by the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. One place to collect them all. Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more, start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Yes, Paul. Dan, are those Rams World Champion t-shirts? <laughs> That's a World Championship, Dan. Oh, my God. Seaton's upset. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to play the Sean McVay sound from the Super Bowl? You want me to do it right now, Seaton? Yeah, if you want. It's okay. your show. Okay. Oh. Do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. oh it is. You can do anything you want, pal. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to scrub my Instagram account here. If you're going to be critical of me, I'm going to be made a scapegoat here. Um, <laughs> here a skeptical. You're, make I'm a not, skeptical of your boxing. I'm career. not going to make a skeptical. Uh, here is Sean McVay. This was during the game. So they, uh, NFL Films had the audio of Sean McVay watching the last play of the Super Bowl when Aaron Donald sacks. Joe Burrow. This this has bothered Seaton for a little while this morning. Let's go, hey, Aaron. This is the moment right now. For the world championship right here. Aaron Donald's gonna make a throw. Burrow to throw for it. He's hit. He flings it away on fourth down. Aaron Donald got there. Yeah. of all time does it in the biggest moment of Super Bowl 56. Aaron! Aaron! Hey! Come here! Hey, I knew! World champs! Great job! World champs! Yes, sir! World champs! You would make that play! World champs! You would make that play! Okay. Seaton, what bothers you about this? For, I don't know. For some reason, like every morning when I get, a, I, I'll start brushing my teeth before I get in the shower. I just scroll through like Instagram and Twitter just to see like what's happening. You know, yeah. you usually get a good idea of what. And for some reason, them being like, "This is for the world championship." It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Nobody else in the world plays this game. How is it like? We're not disqualifying people from other countries to play. I mean. I guess the Canadian champion can't come down here. Yes, Fritzy. I mean, they could. Technically, it's not accurate, but it would be weird if you get look at that extra motivation to say, we're going to be the best team in these 50 states. So, you, know, you feel like you need to say the globe or the world or the galaxy. How about this is for the Super Bowl? There you go. That's all. That works, doesn't it? It's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. And, Let's and, go. And, and, and wow, what a, a great prognostication prediction there by Sean McVay that Aaron Donald was going to make a play. Since he'd made just about every play in the second half for this, this is for season. the world championship right here. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it just sounds so dumb to me. I had more of a problem with Sean photobombing everybody after the game when they would be getting interviewed. Then all of a sudden, I'm going to get in. Hey, let me pat you on the back, uh, and then go down the the you know the row there. There'd be somebody else getting in. Pat him on the back, like. Hey, just in case you want to talk to me, I'm here. No, we're talking to Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford right now, Coach. So they won the world championship. Seton has a problem with that. Or like in the NBA, like you can't be a world champion in the NBA. Just like the NBA, they play that all over the world, right? There's no, it should be, if it's an international competition, then you could be the world championship. Other than that, it's the NBA. That's it. Okay, what sport? Yeah. <laughs> what sport can That's you? That's right. I'm taking over against the grain too. Whoa, there you suck go. it, Andrew. Whoa! What sport can you claim that you're a world champ? It is the World Series, even though it's not the world. Correct. 
the World Cup is the world. Yes, it is. Yes, Tony. You're a boxing heavyweight champion of the world. You got boxers from all over the world fighting each other. Yeah, you could say How about that. hockey? They play hockey in lots of different places. Yeah, but... You could be a world champion in hockey if they had an international competition amongst all but the best teams. When you win the Stanley Cup, you don't win the world championship. I don't know. I I hope I think that hockey players say they're Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. I don't think that they say we're the world champions. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. No, we're world champions. Yes, Todd. But again, you can't be like, come on, do you want to be the best in the continental United States or what? Let's get out there and finish this off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess you got a point there. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue if you're giving an inspirational talk yeah. on the sidelines. Northern Hemisphere champs. <laughs> That would be funny if Sean McVay said that to Aaron Donald. Aaron, Aaron, let's be the Northern Hemisphere champion. Now get out there. This is the continent. North America, this is the continent. You take it. You take this continent. And we won't worry about the other continent. We'll beat Antarctica another time. (laughs) Do you think people in Antarctica, you know, are going, wait a minute. Come on. We're not involved. We don't get a chance to play. I think we could beat the Rams anyway if we get our group together in the backyard. Is that how they sound in Antarctica? Antarctica (laughs) Weeks, our cameraman, just said, yeah, and how come Miss Universe is always from Earth? Fair question. Fair question. Oh, so many questions. <laughs> so many, and no answers on this show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Michelle Tafoya, NBC Sunday Night Football sideline reporter, past tense. She worked her fifth Super Bowl on Sunday on NBC in Peacock, a four-time winner for a Sports Emmy, outstanding personality sports reporter, former colleague at NBC, and not retiring, but uh, what was it like when you walked off the field for the final time? Oh, my gosh, Dan. Hi. Um I'll tell you something. I, I had kept it together and kept it together because, you know, I've been planning on this for years now. And then I decided as I was leaving, you know, maybe I should just sort of look back at where I am walking away from and look back at the field and just sort of take it in and remember this. And I lost it. I lost it. Um, I didn't like sob, but I, I cried. I, uh, I looked back. I, that stadium is beautiful. It's so high, as you know. It was still full of energy and people and and I just looked at the lights and I looked at the field and I said, I'm not going to be back like this here again or at any stadium for that matter. And I kind of I kind of like the whole thing sort of flashed before my eyes. It was it was it was a moment um, sort of bittersweet, uh, but amazing. How physically demanding take us onto the field. You're trying to get Aaron Donald after the game and how does that work where your game ends and then all of a sudden it's chaos they tell you and i'm when i say they the team's pr staff your camera crew your sideline producer everyone that's helping says you stand here we'll get aaron and you're standing there and it's my nature to go chase the guy down myself because it's like where is he (laughs) you know so i am we gotta get this done so it's um you know it can be physically it is chaotic but you don't care because you're 
you're you're single-mindedly pursuing this this person and thinking about what you're going to ask and so you care less about the chaos you see right through it somehow and you just you just get it done but i will say i was talking to him and when mcveigh came up behind him to hug him my arm was stuck between them that was a little bit of an uncomfortable (laughs) moment it was kind of a weird sort of position to be in and how much time do you know you have with Aaron Donald post game on the field? I di- I really didn't know, Dan. Um, I didn't know. I, I know someone in my ear will will go wrap it, you know, if I'm going too long. But for me, it's as as long as it's compelling and as long as it's uh, you know, you don't want to keep the guy forever. He wants to go be with his teammates. You know, you have a job to do, but you're trying to be sensitive to all those elements of the moment and. Um, so I knew it was going to be three questions, maybe four max, and I think that's what we did. But also, you know you have something because he's crying, and then yeah. you, you want to be sensitive to him being sensitive himself, uh, and there's that fine line of, am I milking this? And how do you judge that? Um, you you just put it really nicely. You don't, you don't want to milk it. You don't want to be like, you, let's just see how much we can get him to cry. But you do want to let him be authentic. Uh, you want to know what's behind the tears. You, you obviously, on a human level, we all know what's there, right? It's this moment of incredible victory, of a lifetime of waiting for just this. You know that's all there. You don't want to put that into his mouth. You want to ask him. You want him to tell you what it is. So you're trying to find clever ways to get there, um, and at the same time, let him let him talk about that final play because that that did the game in. That iced it, right? So. Um, there's just a, I don't know, it's a balancing act that, and you never get it perfectly right, but you try. And then Rodney Harrison pregame says, Hey, wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Donald walks away. And I'm like, wait, Rodney's now an insider. And I was going to text him to say, Rodney, do you know what you just said? Because now it's part of the game. And even afterwards, uh, you know, are you thinking, can I ask him? Should I ask him? How do I ask him about retiring? Yeah, and I had to, because if you don't, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't that minute, Dan, because people, if you don't ask, you get criticized. When you do ask, you get criticized, but uh, I had to. Um, and, and, and in fact, I used it in my open, too, because Rodney had reported that to us, that he was thinking about, you know, look, if I win this thing, maybe I'll go away and, and call it a career. So we used that in my opening on camera, and then you got to bookend it. You have to ask the question. You just, and and I thought, it was kind of telling that he said, I'm just going to soak this in for now. And I totally respected that. And I knew we probably weren't going to get a definitive answer. But, you know, when I did my first Super Bowl, it was Pittsburgh. Jerome Bettis was thinking about retiring. And I did a, I recorded my postgame interview with him. He told me he was going to retire. And then they, they ditched my recorded interview with him and grabbed someone to do it live. I think it was Tariko who stole that moment. So, <laughs> so, you know, and so I was just going to, I was going to ask. More likely to walk away, Aaron Donald or Sean McVay? Aaron Donald. I mean, if I, if I had to weigh those, this, you know, we asked Sean McVay about that on Saturday. We had a final conference call with him and he's like, shoot, they asked me, you know, am I going to do this till I'm 60? Well, so, but, but then I've also seen some interesting little, or I should say picked up on some interesting vibes coming out of industry folks that think, you know, 
he has an opportunity to go do what John Gruden once did, which is walk away from coaching for a while, do some TV, relax, and he, he's young enough he could go back to coaching again. My gosh, he's a Super Bowl champion. I was told that this morning by a source who said there's interest on both sides with ESPN and Sean McVay. Yeah. And my source said, I don't know if it's a leverage play. Same thing with Aaron Donald. I don't know if this is a leverage play. Same thing with Kyler Murray, with what's going on with him, leverage yeah. play. It, well, with Kyler, it would seem more of a leverage play. He's so early in his career. And we were talking about Aaron Donald and how great he is. But think about, you know, guys that did walk away when they were at their prime and they were still able to enjoy the rest of their lives. I mean, Aaron Donald has worked his, am I allowed to say ass off on your show? Yes, you just did. Okay. Okay. He's worked his ass off for so long. I thought one of the things he said in the interview was so sweet. He said, I promised my five-year-old daughter that I would win a Super Bowl. And now he's delivered that to her. Maybe he's promising her more, more daddy-daughter time too. We don't know that. And so, you know, for a guy who just his whole life is about work and staying fit, maybe he's ready. Who knows? Yeah, but maybe he buys her a couple of ponies, Michelle, and he continues to play. I mean, if, I, if you say to your five-year-old, do you want a couple of ponies or do you want daddy to be home all the time? I know what my five-year-old would have said. Ponies. No. Oh, she oh wants... of course not. Of course not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Listen, cash, mom. I don't, don't yeah. buy the pony. Give me money. <laughs> Give me the American Express card and I'm good. No, you know, I do remember my daughter once uh, I came home from the end of a season and there was a note on my desk that said, I'm so glad football season is over. Oh. And, you know, it, it, it just yanked it. It was like, oh, my gosh, you don't think your kids are thinking about that. But they are. They, they love you being around. Um, I, everyone has their own story. So I'll be really eager to see what Aaron does. He's a phenomenal player. He, look, he's achieved about everything you can achieve, right? What, what do you have left to do except, I guess, make more money? Michelle Tafoya, NBC Sunday Night Football sideline reporter. Uh, Odell Beckham and that storyline postgame for you. Uh, the importance of, of hearing from OBJ was, was what? Well, I, I, we didn't get to hear from him. I, I didn't get to see it either, Dan. What did he say post-game? Was there, a, was there somewhere that he spoke? Because what I saw was he came back out onto the sideline dressed in, you know, his sweats. I saw him celebrating. I, he didn't, he looked happy, but for a guy who had caught a touchdown in the, in the Super Bowl, and then, you know, you saw it happen. It's one of those, no one hit him. It was non-contact. It was this, this moment. If the guy has torn his ACL again, I, I'm crushed for him. We had a really great discussion with OBJ the, the week of the Super Bowl, where he confessed a lot of stuff about how the catch in New York was a blessing and a curse. Be careful what you wish for, because it changed his life, both good and bad. Um, how he was too young, maybe, for that all that attention in New York City. Um, what happened in Cleveland, how he felt when he left Cleveland, how much soul-searching he did, and how he's really, he feels he's grown up a lot from all of those things. It was a truly compelling interview with him that we had, and so we were all a little heartbroken for him not to be able to finish that game. I was also wondering about him in the media. You know, this is another knee injury. Uh, Good-looking guy, charisma. Yeah. Could you see him in a in a studio environment? That's a great point. I could because I, I don't think people understand how how deep this kid is as a thinker. 
And um, because you don't get that opportunity very often to just sit down with a guy with no cameras around and just talk. And that's what we did with him during the week when we went up to Rams practice. And it was, we were all just like spellbound. I mean, we were all just, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but we were all, I don't know that people were taking notes because we were just listening and absorbing what this guy's been through. And it was fascinating. Now, I think he can find a way to channel that. He is a good looking guy. He's got a lot of accomplishments uh, on his resume. He knows the game. Um, people, he, he can, you can think of him as a polarizing character. I think he's going to come around to being a beloved character. Well, we've seen wide receivers do this. Who knew Randy Moss would be a good studio analyst or Michael Irvin right. would be a charismatic guy. Like th this, yeah. ha this happens and it feels like he would be a natural. So let the audience know what is next for Michelle Tafoya. Well, you know, what's gotten picked up the most is that I'm, I'm helping to run a campaign in Minnesota. We've got a guy running for governor there, Kendall Qualls, who I'm very supportive of and am going to be the co-chair of his campaign. Um, Dan, I know this is going to sound corny and dumb. I don't care. I really don't care what people think. Every morning I wake up and there is a palpable pull at my chest, like a, a you've got to go do something that helps people out. We are in a bad place in this country. I am the daughter of American dreamers. You know, my dad's a first generation um, Latino here. My mom grew up poor, dirt poor in the depression. My whole family lived the American dream. I, be, I believe in it. And uh, I got I to gotta help in whatever way I can. I've taken enough of the American dream. I want other people to believe in it. Um, I want people to be stop being told what they can't do and being told what they can do uh, because the opportunities here are limitless. And I'm tired of people being told, uh, you can't get that. No, it's unfair here. There is a lot of unfairness in life, but there's a lot more opportunity. And I, I, I just need to find a way to help move that along somehow, some way. Uh, it's an honor to have worked with you. And uh, right back at you, Pally. And uh, and good luck. And, and hopefully you get that that uh, quality time at home because, you know, I left ESPN and people said you're crazy. And I said, I'm, I'm not crazy if I'm going home to my kids. But exactly. you know what? Mix in a Viking game occasionally. Maybe do like a preseason sideline, you know, just to keep ready. Just in case, like Tom Brady. I mean, who knows, <laughs> Michelle? Who knows? More likely to come back, you or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> no question. Uh, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Be well. Michelle Tafoya, NBC uh, Football Night in America sideline reporter. And that was her fifth Super Bowl and uh, once uh, Sports Emmy, four of them for sideline reporting. Uh, you know, I'm lucky. Lucky to work with quality people, and she was certainly up there you know, as far as being professional. And then really that's what it's about. It's just it's not how old you are, young. If you're male, female, are you professional? And uh, two of the most professional people I ever worked with, Andrea Kramer and, uh, and Michelle. And I've worked with so many, and they are professional. But when you have somebody who's so buttoned up, they make you <laughs> kind of re reconsider, are you buttoned up when you're ready to do your job as well? You want to stay on their level. And she was certainly uh, one of those people. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mentioned that a source told me this morning that there's real interest on both sides of the mothership and Sean McVay for him to be an analyst. I don't know if it's in the booth. I don't know if it's in studio. And I don't know if it would actually happen. But Sean is 36 years of age. He didn't rule out maybe uh, stepping away. He's getting married. Aaron Donald, he did not rule out retiring after he told that to uh, Rodney Harrison. I think Rodney's joining us on the show tomorrow. Is that right? Uh, uh, Rodney will be Thursday, yes. Thursday. So we'll talk to Rodney on Thursday about that. But, you know, it was sort of an offhanded, oh, Aaron Donald said that uh, if they win, he might retire. And then all of a sudden, it was sort of looming there as you're watching the game. Sean McVay, he was asked, are you going to coach, you know, forever? And he said no. And uh, I think people started to massage that however they wanted to. But I don't think Sean is uh, ruled out maybe looking at being a broadcaster. Uh, but I'm just going by what my source told me. He said uh, a, a couple of people who are uh, friends with Sean, close to him, say don't rule that out. Might be a leverage play, but uh, that there is interest on both sides. Look, this is great timing. Anybody who's ever negotiated a contract, all you're looking for is somebody else to be interested in you. There were times when I had uh, networks who were interested in me, and I wanted to use that as leverage to stay at ESPN. People do this all the time. And could I see Sean McVay coming back to the Rams? Absolutely. Be hard to walk away from that. But if you do walk away, you can always come back. Coaches go into the broadcast booth or an analyst That happened at ESPN when I was there numerous times. And you want to have a pit stop, breather? You want to come back after a couple of years? Maybe you find that you like it. Maybe you like that routine. And maybe that's something that Sean McVay is is actually seriously exploring. That's our poll question for the uh, final hour, I believe. Is that what we're going with, Paulie? Yeah, that's it. By the way, uh, Sean McVay is 35 years younger than Pete Carroll, by the way. 35 years younger. Well, Pete's a lifer, though. Pete's going to coach. I don't see Pete doing media. But Sean, you know, he, he loves the limelight. He loves the camera. He's got charisma. But L.A. is a great place to be. I mean, he could still live there and, and uh, do media. But from what I'm told, there's interest on uh, both sides with ESPN. Yes, uh, Seton? Yeah, I mean, he's only been a head coach for a couple of years. Or, I mean, a handful. Yeah. Once it's been... F- I don't know, five years, six years, something like that? I think so. Yeah. Uh, We'll get some phone calls in here. By the way, you know, Tom Brady announced his retirement. That was a couple of weeks ago. And everybody assumed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be in trouble because it's going to be hard to replace him. But they still have a good roster. I don't know if they re-signed Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. Still have a young defense. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Deshaun Watson will uh, be in play for them. Bucks don't have a lot of cap space here, but uh, they have some draft picks, so a trade could be done, but Tampa could once again be a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. And Tampa's not ruling out Tom Brady 
you know, totally retiring. And I don't think Tom Brady is totally ruling it out, but I think right now it's just, I am retired. I'm happy. And I get that. I mean, if that's the case, then I understand that and happy for him. But it's going to be really tough later on this summer because, you know, as athletes, your creatures a habit. You get into that rhythm. This is what I do. This is when I do it. And I think that was his last podcast with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald. And people, I think, you know, when Tom said to Jim Gray, you know what, let me play it. Let me play it. This is a portion from the podcast on Monday night where people read into this answer with Jim Gray and Tom Brady. How are you going to go about your life? And, and if somebody sees you out working out because you're staying in shape, that's going to lead to all kinds of rumors. So <laughs> uh, what will you be doing next with yourself? And will you stay in, in, in shape or are you going to start uh, running over to uh, eat a few uh, key lime pies? <laughs> you know, I love those key lime pies, too. <laughs> That's uh, that's my dessert of choice. So there'll definitely be a few more of those. And I'm super content and happy with, with uh, how I feel and my decision. And, um, yeah, as I said, all you can do is take it day by day. Nothing's promised for us. I'm going to do things that I really enjoy and spend time with people that I really enjoy spending time with. Okay. I think the, um, hey, I'll talk to you in September. And then people thought, well, wait a minute. What's going to happen in between? Talk to you in September. Are you going to be playing when we do this podcast in September? I think once you get to, he's going to take a couple of vacations. Then all of a sudden you're going to go, now what do I do? I'm used to working out with my teammates, you know, the OTAs. I'm looking forward to all that stuff. But that pull, that centrifugal force that you have where you go, oh my God, I can't get away from this. You get through the first year, like Larry Fitzgerald. I think a lot of people thought that he would come back when DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, that he would come back. No, he was good. But getting through that first year, that's the hard part. It's like Eric Weddle, who's going to join us coming up. He was on his couch. reason why he was on his couch is nobody called. And then all of a sudden the Rams go, uh, hey, can you play? Sure. When can you get in shape? Be there tomorrow. Next thing you know, he's in the Super Bowl. He'll join us coming up in about 15 minutes. Matthew in California joins us now. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind today? Hey, morning, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, bud. Hey, can you ask Eric uh, why he felt it was necessary to take shots at Tom Telesco and the Chargers in the endgame presser? Um, I, I guess I can bring it up. Uh, maybe uh, he wanted to say, see, I told you that I was going to amount to something or I wasn't done. I don't, I don't know. I know there was bad blood when Eric led the chart, left the Chargers, and Tom Telesco was the GM. But, um, you know, take a shot. Just let people know. Don't give up on me. Yeah. You know, it, once again, you don't know what motivates these athletes, what drives these athletes. And that could be part of it. He wanted to prove the Chargers wrong. Even when he went to the Ravens. I don't know. Uh, Luke Fickle is staying at Cincinnati. That's a big deal because I thought that he could get a job. He was going to get, if Ohio State opened up, um, if Michigan had opened up, if Notre Dame, when it opened up, you know, Luke Fickle wasn't interested in uh, interviewing because they were playing in the Final Four. But he was a hot commodity a couple of months ago, but Luke Fickle staying at Cincinnati. Here's a headline. Now, you want to get clicks. This is what I would use if I was trying to get clicks. 
LeBron interested in a three-way? See? Got Todd's attention. Wow, that's yeah. mega clicks. You could break your finger. He wants, he wants a three-way parade Is there. Is that an in-and-out order? In-and-out burger. Uh, <laughs> he would like to combine it. Maybe you have the Lakers and the Rams and the Dodgers, and you have one big parade there. Yeah, a three-for-one. Yes, Todd. And who would be leading the, the parade? The uh, childhood buddies of? Clay- Matthew Stafford. And Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. How great would that be? They got the lead car, and let's get it going. Okay. And then LeBron is with them. Yeah, he could be in a separate car. I think the two of them could be in one because of their, uh, you know, they were on the same team it, as kids. So Los Angeles, now the city of champions, have a parade. I think the timing with the Lakers not being very good, you know, that that's where it's like, got to include the Lakers here. Yeah, Paul. That's a tough one, though. Like, let's say this actually happened. The logistics of trying to get that many egos on the, you know, in one place. And who goes first? Who speaks first? Is it? You know, because a lot of people think it's a Lakers town, but it's a Dodgers town. Do the Rams are most recent? Do they go last? Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be a lot of jockeying for position. Yeah, it is interesting, though. But if you're the city and you say, let's just do it one big one. Um, you know, the cost of doing one parade with security, uh, having people have that one day, that one special day, city of champions. Sure. Why not? I'm up for it. I'm always up for a good parade. Have you guys ever been to a championship parade? Yeah, Paul. Chicago Bears, shockingly. Oh. It, yeah. Very, very cold. Skip school. Yeah. Saw actual teachers there for my school. Yeah, Seaton. When my little league team won the uh, town championship, we had a we had a parade that day. Wait, wait what constitutes a parade? Um well, we marched around a bunch and then went and got pizza. And it was <laughs> it was about as big as it got. Okay. We went to Speezies. It was a big deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. I remember when the Mets had their parade, when the Rangers had their... Like, I've been involved in a few of those parades, but I had to cover them. It, it's not as much fun to cover a parade because you're trying to get sound bites with guys who are going by in the car and they're all hammered. And, uh, you know, you're kind of taking your life into your own hands. So much confetti, though. Like, it just pours out of these buildings. It's cool, you know, that, that New York does this. They're, what, canyon of champions there? But... Parade, not fun to cover. All right, some phone calls here. Uh, let's see. Elliot in California. Hi, Elliot. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, just two quick questions. One, um, watching the, uh, the game, the post-game interviews, I just felt like we were rushed off. You know, it's kind of the last game of the season. You hope to kind of get commentaries from both sides, the losing coach, and it just felt like um, they rushed us off to kind of get to the Olympics. Yep. You'd love to get your thoughts on that. And secondly, in Tampa, there's so many good quarterbacks that are kind of coming up. Uh, it would be ironic that Jimmy G gets to Tampa as, you know, Lynch, former general manager, played there. What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't know where Jimmy G – you know, if I'm the Niners, I keep Jimmy G. I do, because I don't think Trey Lance – from what I'm told, Trey Lance is he's just not ready for the moment yet. And he hasn't played that much football. I would keep Jimmy G for another year. I don't know if Jimmy G is going to want that, but if I'm, and, and that's a really good roster and maybe gets another chance to prove himself. And I thought Pittsburgh could be a place that he could end up, but I don't have any information on that. I would just be speculating on that. Uh, Wes in Indiana. Hi, Wes. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. How are we doing this morning? Good, so on the topic of Sean McVay, um, I actually 
met with a family member of his this morning. Let's say like an aunt or an uncle or cousin to be uh, to not give my source away. But I went up to him or her and said, "Hey, is Sean retiring?" And they looked at me and smiled and said, "What have you heard?" And I said, "Well, there's reports coming out all over the news that he might be retiring." Uh, individual just smiled and said, "I've known for months that this is coming, so I, I'm willing to put a shower of shame." or uh, pie the face down that he is retiring based off my source. Comedy journalist Flo Anthony, who claims to have spoken to a source with knowledge from someone close to Wood, says Tiger is struggling. Okay, Wes, source close to a source, and maybe he's got some... Okay, who wants a piece of this uh, Wes bet? Anybody up for a pie, Paulie? The, the bet is he is saying that Sean McVay is going to retire this offseason. Yes. I'll take it. All right. Yeah, I'll take that, too. Oh, Seton's going pie to the face. Let's go. All right. Retire? Okay. Now, when you say retire, retire as a head coach, not retire and then, you know, go live someplace. The Los Angeles Rams okay. head coach. Okay, so we got two pies to the face here with uh, Sean McVay. Does he retire? All right, Wes, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, let's see. Blake in New Orleans. Hey, Blake. Hey, since Ryan said the bar so low this morning, I wanted to call in with an obvious DP show Valentine name. Okay. Jimmy Lipper. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Blake. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. You guys feel good about your Sean McVay bet? I sometimes think our, our callers dump bets just to get some airtime. <laughs> I don't think fine. he talked to anybody. I'm fine with that content. I would be shocked if he retired. And took the broadcasting job? I would be shocked. Oh, man, nothing shocks me in this business. Nothing. I would be nothing shocked. Nothing shocks me. Yes, Paul. This is the only thing I could see. If if somehow ESPN decided to blow up their Monday Night Football booth and Sean McVay is part of that master plan and they've kept it quiet, that's the only thing I could see because that that's a monster stage, and that's what Gruden did. What if Al Michaels went to ESPN and Sean McVay is in the booth with him? That actually makes more sense if you came up with something like gigantic like that. What if Al's, you know, Al's got a couple of opportunities here. He could go to Amazon. Troy Aikman could go there. He could uh, go to the mothership. Uh, he could also go to Fox and, uh, and do some of those big games when uh, Joe Buck is doing baseball. But, I, you know, I don't know how much Al wants to work. He want to work every, every weekend, but he's still at the top of his game. Uh, that was obvious when listening to him in the Super Bowl. Uh, Drew in New Mexico, then we'll take a break. Hey, Drew, what's on your mind today? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Drew. Uh, I just really wanted to – man, Michelle Tafoya has been one of those sideline reporters that you just enjoy watching most of the time. It's just a sideline reporter talking to a coach. But when Al Michael said that this was her last game, I looked at my girlfriend and went, oh, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'd also like to – I, I want to bring up Logan Wilson, that linebacker from the Bengals. He went to NCHS High School in Casper, Wyoming, went to the University of Wyoming, and now is their play caller on their defense. And I talked to my dad on Sunday afternoon, who lives in Wyoming, and he said, oh, no, we're going for the Bengals. This is the first time that an entire state has been rooting for the Bengals based on a linebacker. So, right. Well, thank you, Drew. He had a really good he game. Had a, he had a really good game. And I, I wouldn't have thrown that flag on the interference with Cooper Cup. Would not have thrown that flag. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app. 
at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.